What's going on, good people? It's your host, Jono the Giant, with my boy, JV, welcoming you to another episode of the Giant Fundamentals Podcast, where we discuss black male issues, growing and healing, and getting on the other side of greatness. Now, before you even tune in, please leave a rating and review, and do not forget to subscribe. Mr. J. Vava, what's going on, bloody? JTG. What's what up, what up? What's good? Nothing much. It's what lovely. up, what up, what up, what up, what up? <laughs> All right, Martin Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, Martin. Uh, what's up? What's up? What's up? <laughs> yeah, man, the they don't make them like bro. that no more. They don't make the shows like that no more, bro. I can't. What I was saying is, it's love week, bro. Love it's, week. Yeah, it's the, love the week, week where they love to take your money for glimas. I was just about to say, you about to go broke. You missed this bankruptcy week. Not me. <laughs> I, I don't celebrate I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. I feel you. True. I'm going to turn Jehovah on them. I know. I don't know. Not no. <laughs> I don't have money for that, bloody. <laughs> is it? I just wait for the bus. Uh, Yo, what, what would you say is your giant gratitude leading up to this week? Man, my giant gratitude is I am grateful. I am thankful that I'm learning to not beat myself up when I make mistakes. Mm-hmm. That's how I know I'm healing, bro. And the reason why I would beat myself up, of course, now I know. Right. But the reason why I used to beat myself up so much is because I was trying to be perfect because I was trying to gain love and acceptance. And I, my brain just said, hey, if you want to be loved, if you don't want to be the black sheep, if you don't want to be the bad guy, don't mess up. Mm-hmm. So it's like when I messed up and I was like, oh, my God, like, look, you see what you're doing? You see, you're not going to get the love that you, you want. See what I'm saying? So I'm I'm I've slowly detaching myself from that, and it's it's good. I just talking myself down, but like, bro, this one mistake does not define you. It's okay. People make mistakes. Things happen. It doesn't mean that you're gonna continue doing the same thing over and over and over again. Like, so yeah. I'm I'm, yeah, I'm grateful for that because that that. It's not good for the brain, kid. It's just not good. It's not good for the heart, for your health. Yeah, so. No, I mean, that that's a very interesting perspective because it took me, and I think it took a lot of us a lot, a long time to understand the difference between being hard on yourself and how damaging it could be to your self-love versus thinking it was discipline. Right, because for a long time I was oh, like, yes. "Yo, I'm hard on myself because I want to stay disciplined. I'm trying to do the right things. I'm trying to be this person." Not realizing that it's damaging because my validation is coming from it. Right, like I'm thinking I'm not a good enough person if I'm not hard on yourself. And it took me, it took me, it took me damn near thirty some years to realize the difference between the two. Yeah, so you know, and sometimes I think about like. How would, I have, how would I have approached life differently if I understood this younger in my life? You know? So. Uh, no, shoot. 
that's 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 yeah, that's real. That's that's all a part of the unlearning, bro. That's the unlearning right. process. Understand? We in our lives, we're gonna unlearn more than we learn, way more than we learn, Bruh. And and a lot of this uh, healing work, a lot of thriving in life is unlearning um, so many things that we use as survival mechanisms, right? And that that leads me to my drawing gratitude, which is just being grateful for people giving me advice or letting me see their perspective through advice, right? I think a lot of times, at least from my standpoint, my opinion is I want to learn from everyone. I don't want to come off like I know it all or I'm arrogant. I know more than this other person. I want to learn from every single person that I come and encounter with. And I know that's, that's hard. Definitely growing up a, a Baval, right? Exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm thinking about smiling because I'm like, you're really trying to move far away from your dad, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I'm, I'm uh, far away in an upward trajectory, yeah. right? I'm trying to really evolve and understand, like, you know, they always say, there's this famous quote that um, says, you really... You think you know everything, but when you think you know everything, you really don't know anything at all. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. as I start to learn more and more and more, I'm realizing, damn, I really don't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> Bruh. Yo, Kit and I were just talking about that the other day, like yesterday mm-hmm. about, there was a certain conversation. I forgot exactly what it was, but we were talking about marriage. Oh, this is what, we're, this is what it was. It's like, when we first got together, we thought marriage it was like oh you got to be friends and you got to be in love and you got to support each other but now that shifting as we've gotten older is like oh wow we're really starting to see embrace and accept that marriage is a business partnership kid (laughs) yo it is a and and, you know me i'm surprised that my wife is actually even thinking this way now but it's because she's surrounding herself with people that think differently from how we grew up so it's like, yo, if you look at it, it's like, yo, marriage is a business partnership, kid. And it's like, you just getting married for love's sake? That's good, but not just for that. There's so many other factors to right. being in a relationship, like building a life together that is financially suitable for growth, for mm-hmm. for good health, like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like, progression, Right. You know, we weren't think- we weren't thinking about it. In my mind, I was just like, "Oh yeah, all that other stuff will come eventually." You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Spot on. Do you do you remember? I don't know if you remember this archive when we did a part years ago. We did a podcast together, which we could never get the footage for. But oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, remember? Yeah, and that's I said being in a marriage could sometimes feel like running a failing business. Yeah. Right, and. I, I think sometimes, and what I mean by failing businesses, you know, first five years of any business is very tough because 80 to 90% of businesses don't usually last, right? And a lot of times in marriage, you're just, and I said this about you and Kitsia, now that y'all passed that decade mark and y'all going into the second decade, you're no longer trying to survive in the marriage. You're trying to thrive in the marriage, right? Yeah, we halfway through the second part of the decade, bro. You know that, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, kid, because uh, what? July makes it 14 years, kid. 14 years. Yeah, so, uh, imagine. 
And you're not trying to do it exactly the same way you did it for the first 14 years. How could we? We're not the same people. Exactly. It's impossible, bro. Like, it's, yeah. So y'all got to fall back in love with who you guys are now. Exactly. Walk it into it. So there's a little role playing going on. Look at a little spice. (laughs) Spice up your life. That's it. You walking into the bedroom with the shades now, huh? (laughs) That's e tiptoe. <laughs> you know, I, I want to. You, we mentioned your dad, so I kind of want to go back there just real quickly. Yeah. I, I, I want you. <laughs> we talking. About, well, today, what we talk, we talk. Well, you said it's love week, so we talk about love. love, right? Okay, yeah. So, and it's my dad's birthday as well. Huh? On the fourteenth is also my dad's birthday oh, as well. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday! I mean, yeah, <laughs> I forgot. But I want to talk about Haitian love, bro. Can you can you tell us how your dad show your mom love with the turkey neck, bro? Please, <laughs> People have they have to know, they have to know they have to know the story. So, man, I remember was eating dinner one night, and I think I don't know if it was like Sabbath lunch or just a regular dinner, and. I don't know. My dad likes to make... So when my dad makes a backhanded compliment about you, it's his way of showing love. It's his term of endearment. Yes, Haitian love. Mm -hmm. It's Haitian love, right? We criticize before we actually give you the good parts, right? Yeah, the criticism is in the the love part. It's all mixed in there. It's a smoothie. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's a protein shake. You know, it builds muscle. (laughs) And um, I just remember one time, I don't know what happened... I don't know why he said this, but he was just talking about marriage and life and family. And then my mom was just tearing up this turkey bone. Because, you know, Haitian women, you give them the fish head and you give them the bones to chew. That That's just a, a classic thing in a Haitian household. And my mom was just tearing up this turkey bone. And then my dad was like, look, 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 look how she chewed the bone. Look how she chewed the bone. It's, it's, she, it's a dog. She's a dog. She's a dog. Look, 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 look. And I'm like, oh. And then my mom just looked at it. You, you love this dog? You love this dog? That's it? And then he just sucked his teeth. And I'm just like, and they kind of like half smirking to each other. And I'm like, is this y'all flirting? Like, this is so disgusting. <laughs> you look, know what look, I mean? Look, 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 look. Look at how she <laughs> It's a dog. You see how she chewing their butt? You don't see? Look at you. Look, 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 look. Shit, shit, shit. Oh, my God. And I was just like, wow. I was just like, wow. And then my mom, that was just, my dad was very considerate at the time. He was just, it was just bad. It was just like, he would try to buy my mom clothes, like dresses, but it would be like four sizes too big. Hey, and I'm like, and then mom, she's looking at me like, you were with him. I was like, mommy, I don't know. I don't know anything. You know what I mean? And he would bring flowers. Like he would try to bring flowers. Like every other Friday, he would bring flowers. You know, um, and he would just be like, "Hey, here's flower. Hey, just like throw it at her. Like it slap her chest." And she's like, "Okay, thank you." You know what I mean? So it's just as we I noticed through the generations, right? Because I feel like a lot of the older generations, those baby boomers, there there was a responsibility of love. Right, like they did things because 
that was the way it just was. Out of obligation. Obligation. Yeah, that's the yeah. old word I was looking for. It was just obligation. Like, When I share my story of navigating through drug and gang violence in my community as a kid, dropping out of high school, to speaking to over 100 juvenile detention centers and schools in the country, sharing my story in countries like Haiti and Malawi, Africa, and becoming a licensed marriage and family therapist, people always ask me, how did I do it? If you wanna know so you can make massive change in your life as well, click the link in the show notes to my book, When Giants Get Fed Up, From Anger to Ambition. And once you've read it, please feel free to leave me a rating and review. Dad got the big piece of the meat. He got the chicken leg. You know what I mean? Mom had to do the stuff with the kids, and that was the team, and it worked. As long as we survived and the kids all went to college, we did our job. And I never really saw them. And where I feel like our generation comes in is what you were talking about, you and your wife. You guys are really learning to love each other outside of the umbrella of obligation of love and marriage and family. Yeah. Because you guys realize, okay, we have to actually like each other. Like, our parents, they didn't have to like each other to live together. Oh, oh sure. Yeah. What is that? I don't have to like you to love you? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, so now you raise kids that way, and it's like... Yeah. I don't really... I don't, that's not... Yeah, I don't really fuck with that. I don't dig it. I don't dig it. I appreciate it for what it was. Yeah. But like, and I want our audience to understand, like, it's not about surviving anymore. No. It's about thriving. Like, we need to push the envelope. If we're, like, you said it in a previous podcast, you cannot build generational wealth without dealing with the generational trauma, the generational work that needs to be done. Yeah. And that mindset, those feelings need to be upgraded. Yeah, facts. You know? Facts. <laughs> so I, w- I want to be able to tell whoever I end up with, you know, I want to say, you know, look, 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 look. Look how she twerking that dress. You know what I mean? And we keep it moving that way. I like that. <laughs> so... You sent me an article or a clip from Facebook about um, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. What, what, was, what is something that stood out to you? He was talking about success and failure. Um, if you could give us an idea of what you were thinking when you sent me that video. No, no, it was simple. It was that <laughs> he was just saying, okay, like, let's not complicate the, the process. Mm. Only two things can happen here. You make or you miss. Too much emphasis put on making or missing a shot. If you miss it, you just go back in the lab and you figure out what's going on. So I feel like that's just a that's that's just a, a life lesson. That's right. just a life lesson. Like things are gonna happen, mistakes are gonna happen. Don't make such a big deal. Don't put more on a, a certain situation than what it really needs to be put on it. Like figure out why it happened and then do your best to not replicate that again. But if it is replicated, go back in the lab, figure out again. It's not that deep. I think a lot of us, we, we, we kill ourselves mentally and emotionally, physically, eventually as well. Mm-hmm. On, oh, I don't want to make this mistake. And we don't, we paralyze ourselves, man. Or we over plan or we over strategize and we overthink and we over communicate because we're trying to avoid the mistake. And it's like, 
mistakes are is a part of life. It's it's a part of the growth process. Mm-hmm. Like stop trying to avoid them. Right. And I, just to go a little bit deeper, it's not even the mistake that we're that we're trying to avoid. At least for me, it was the pain mm-hmm. from that mistake. And let me go deeper. Seven layers. <laughs> Let's we go. Are number, we are there number three or four now. Number three. We're going to number three now. We're <laughs> going a little deeper. We're trying to, we're, for a lot of us, here's the thing. When we make mistakes, emotionally, psychologically, the mistake for us is, is hinting to how we really truly feel and think about ourselves. It's like the mistakes are us. Mm. Like, yo, I am my mistake. Wow, and that's what we're, that's what a lot of us are trying to avoid. But it's not true. We're not our, we, no we're, mistakes. They're different. They're to, they're not who we are, man. They're not who mm-hmm. we are, and that's something that I have to continually remind myself to continue to work on. Like I am not my mistake. I am not my mistakes. Mistakes so, are the process of me growing. They're helping me to grow. So I'm constantly looking to change my relationship with mistakes and make it a healthy one. And once you start making your relationship with mistakes a healthy one, then what ends up happening is, is that you have more freedom to really live and to be. And you said something this weekend when we were talking to um, Perry. You were, you know, she kept saying something like, I, this keeps happening to me or I keep mm. ending up with something. And what is it that you said? Um, what like do you think? Yeah, the thing was, she was like, you know, she, she, she messed up, she made mistakes, so on and so forth. And, but she keeps attracting the same type of situation. Right. Even though she learned from it. I'm like, yo, you didn't learn from it. She's like, how could you, how did I not learn from it? I'm like, if you keep doing the same thing over and over, that means you didn't learn from it. Maybe you did learn from it, but not in the depths that you need to learn from it in order to avoid attracting the same type of situation. Mm, so that yeah, thing that's... for a lot of us, we're continually making the same mistakes because we haven't learned from them. See, the thing is, here's the thing. There's layers to learning because there's mm. one part of it where the awareness is like, oh, shit, this happened because I did X, Y, and Z. That's just the head knowledge. Right. But now in order for it to become heart knowledge, now the thing has to be presented to you again. And once it's presented to you again, now you're going to have to fight against that inner programming that's already there that has the propensity to make that same choice again. And, bro, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be real with you. A lot of goddamn times you're going to make the the same mistake again because you're so wired that way. Your lens, according to that situation, is aligned with making a certain decision. So it really takes time for the scales to fall off your eyes. It's not that easy. So you may make it again. It's a possibility. And what I see for those people who are repeating the cycle, trying to learn at a deeper level, the self-sabotage, they self-sabotage themselves by not allowing themselves to make that mistake or, or take that risk, but they hoard information. And they oh, don't have yes. So, so shout out to all the people that read all the books but don't actually put anything into action. Yo, that, for me, I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you, bro. I thought you was about to take off your shades. 
I thought you about to look into the camera. <laughs> hey, let me tell you For something. Me? I, I'm trying to think if I used to do that. Now, I've always been someone of action. Mm-hmm. But I just don't understand. Like, yo, you read it. You gathering all this information. And you just sitting on it. But, you know, a lot of people get a high from that. They, you know, that mm-hmm. it feels good for them. It's like they could they could digest and tell you all these different things, but I'm like, but the real high and the real pride comes from actually executing the information that you have retained. Mm. That's, that's where the real high is supposed to come from. But you see that this is the problem. When you're so afraid of making mistakes, you know that if you move forward, it don't matter how much information you got, you're gonna make mistakes. You can't, yeah. yo. There's no book. I don't care. I don't care how much experience this person has. Look, let's talk about Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett yeah. is late '80s, I believe. Late yeah. '80s, early. I don't know. However, I, I think old. Okay. Yo. There's there's no amount of information that Warren Buffett can give you that will make you avoid all mistakes. Right. And that's the thing. What a lot of people don't realize is that. Yes, you can have the information. However, everyone's life have nuances to it. And there are mm-hmm. certain lessons that you need to learn while you're executing because it's not... See, the problem is we just think it's about attaining. We think yeah. it's about having. We think it's about getting. No, it's about growing. That's what it's really about at the end of the day. Right. So you're going to make mistakes and those mistakes are going to cause you to grow. Bruh. Why you think Jordan was losing so much first round, second round, couldn't get past Detroit? That's a lose. You losing over and over. You go back in the summer, you work, you add something to your game. You get right. back in, you add something to your game. You get you add and you just keep working on it. LeBron losing finals. You just add, you just keep going and you add. That's the growth part. So if right. you're trying to edge out and completely X out mistakes, then you don't you don't understand life. You don't right. understand that life is about growth. And the only way to grow into the version of yourself that you will truly be proud of is to go through the road of mistakes, failure, and disappointment. So, with that being said, a lot of times people, they're willing to try to make that step to take, to you know, to put themselves in a position to possibly learn and grow and make mistakes. But then they have a circle of friends or they have a couple of key people in their lives that don't know anything for real, <laughs> that project their fear with no... If, go ahead. I know you, that boy hit the Ray Charles, but Go ahead. <laughs> Stevie Wonder with it. I know. <laughs> I know. You're already shaking your... I know. It's like, go ahead. <laughs> Yo, go ahead, you 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 do that on purpose. You know that bothers me. Look 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 look. <laughs> no man, it's like, kid, the project. Yo, I go crazy when people try to project their fears on me. You know, my wife and I were having a great conversation. Mm-hmm. We're driving up. We're driving back up from Miami to uh, Orlando because you know we're in mm-hmm. Miami for that that day. Um, which yeah. was a great day, by the way, too. It was really good. And wow. we were just talking about fear. 
And I was expressing to her, I'm like, yo, you know, I feel fear. You know, the same fears and reservations you have, I have them too. It's right. just that since I was a child, because I didn't have any attachment figure, because I didn't have any support, because I didn't have any protector, not one at all, I had to manage my fear on my own. And if I wanted to do something, I just had to push past the fear or shut it down to move forward and get what I wanted to get. Right. You know, and that's, to be honest, that's one of the major benefits of me growing up the way that I did. It's like, I learned how to shut off my feelings and just move forward. So when I hear people say, like, oh, there's one thing, I right? go driving at night and her people's, you know, my in-laws, I love them to death, but they, you know, they, they're projecting their fears. Like, they're kind of hesitant on, like, oh, you guys are driving at night, blah, blah, blah. And my wife is definitely an empath. I know everybody want to say, oh, they're an empath. No, this this woman here, she's a definitely an empath. She'd be taking up all emotions, right? So, which helps me because I don't be taking no emotions. I'm learning. I've learned how to be more in tune with my feelings with her. So she's influenced me in that way. So I see they they got to her. They got to her for me. I'm just like, oh, okay. (laughs) I'm like, yo. You don't see it. (laughs) Bro, I've driven across country so many freaking times. East Coast, West Coast. How many? I could count on. Bro, I don't have fingers to count on how many times I've done that. And I was expressing her. I was like, look, you see. The way I grew up is that I literally was, I was in situations that really called for fear. Right. Life or death. Yes. And (laughs) nobody was coming to save me. Mm -hmm. So the other things that people talking about, like driving at night, stuff like that, you, you, you think that you think that that's fearful to me. Mm -hmm. That's, that's nothing like what? But that's what people are going to do. And here's the thing. When people project their fears on you, you know, they mean well because they care about you. Right. But the thing about it is I'm not you. And I told my wife straight up. I was like, look, like 50 Cent says, get rich or die trying. Bro, I'd rather just die. I, I don't want to be afraid. I'd rather right. die than live and sit in fear. I'd rather die, bro. I'm dead ass. I'd rather die. So... When you talk about, you know, my favorite catchphrase, our emotional toolbox, Mm -hmm. you as a therapist, so it's okay to use compartmentalization when organizing our feelings in a particular situation. Oh, yeah, 100%. Because at the end, because there's a time and a place for everything. Mm. At the end of the day, I... I got to get up and I got to go to work. At the end of the day, I got to get up. I got to provide. At the end of the day, I got to get up and I have to live life. But you see, this is why the home environment is so important, especially when you're talking about having a good partner, because, yo, I got to be able to come home and just let all that out and be like, oh, my God, like it was hard today or burst out in tears because I need a space for that. Right. Right. But at the end of the day, I. I got to still get up and I got to do what I need to do. And you see the problem with a lot of people, and I believe that's why a lot of people are facing burnout, is because what we try to do is live a life of compartmentalization. Mm-hmm. Like we try to live our whole lives like that and not uh-huh. deal with certain things. And that's when the breakdown comes because you don't have a space, nor have you created the time to really deal with how you're truly feeling and then move on. Mm. Okay. That made that. that. I'm glad you cleared that up. That definitely makes sense. 
so many things are running through my mind. Um, how you saw the Monique and Club Shay Shay interview. Yeah. What were some of your thoughts? What were some of your key takeaways from that interview that you, you liked? Man, I would say one of the biggest takeaways from that interview for me is you really can't judge people on decisions that they make, man. Mm. Because you don't really know, you don't understand why people are doing what you don't, we don't know the context as to why people do the things that they do. Right. So now we live in a generation and a time where social media shows us everyone's lives. Mm-hmm. And we hear certain things that people say, like Monique, she blasted Oprah. She blasted Steve Harvey. She blasted Tyler Perry. She blasted certain people. Mm-hmm. And you could be on either side. You can be on the side that want to stick up for those people because you you love them for whatever reason, because, you know, how they've made us feel over the years by the content they put out. Mm-hmm. Or you can be on Monique's side and be like, oh, you see these people, they like this and that and that, the industry, so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, bro, what do I know? I'm not, I'm not there. I don't, I don't know these people. Right. I don't know why they've done what they've done. I don't know why they do what they do. I don't, I don't know. So for mm-hmm. me, it's like, I've just learned to listen and receive information without judgment. Mm. And I like the way you put that because in the be- just the last segment, we we're talking about facing your fears, acting on the information you know, learning from your situations, and not worrying that the mistakes are becoming a part of your identity. You are yes. not your mistakes. And then we talked about you know, having certain people in your circle that project fear on you. And in projecting fear is almost as if they're pre-judging you, right? You know, because it's like, like you said, oh, don't drive at night. Now, if something bad would have happened because you drove at night, now they say, see, I told you, this is why oh, I don't that judgment. <laughs> you, that's and how we like, grew up, though. That's how exactly. we grew up. It's like we're waiting for the ball to drop. Oh, I know. I was like that. One million yeah. percent. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, you see? You this, you know, we always have an answer for everything. You see, right. this happened because they did this XYZ. But what is what if it that's just how it was supposed to fucking be? Exactly. What it, if that was just how it was supposed to be? But that's right. what we're micromanaging and microanalyzing every decision that we make. Bro, that's exhausting. Yep. That's not living. Yep. What's going on, good people? Have you been enjoying the episodes Mr. Vabal and I have been releasing? I know you have, because you wouldn't have made it this far if you weren't. You see, we are committed to bringing you an episode every Monday to start your week off, but we need a favor from you. Take the time and share this episode right here. Yes, this one right here to three men that you know and pump us up and have them listen and subscribe. Because we're on a mission to help men heal from childhood trauma, connect with their emotions better, and as a result, they'll show up in their relationships, careers, and life as the best version of themselves. And we cannot accomplish this without your help. From Mr. Vavala and I, 
We say thank you and we appreciate your support. Exactly. And what I appreciated to add to what you said about the Monique interview in Club Shay Shay was her perspective. And she tried to be as objective as possible. And it's natural for us. We all have biases, right? We're all biased. We're human beings. And she tried her best to be objective as possible. And what I programmed in my mind is I have to be okay with people telling their side of the story and not rushing to play defense. Defense. Word. Slide the feet. (laughs) Slapping the floor. You know what I mean? We acting like we Bruce Bowen sometimes. You know, we got to play, sit there and play defense. And when you rush, and I was telling a friend that last night, when you rush to defend, when you act on your defense mechanism, you lack understanding. Mm. You lack grace. You Mm. lack compassion. That curiosity. Come on. So what I appreciate about her context of her situation was she was speaking her truth. And she said it. She was like, look. This is just what I saw. This is, doesn't mean these are bad people. I'm just telling you what I went through. Yeah. But and I can appreciate that. But a couple of days later, you send me a post that she's apologizing during Cavaliers tour. That which caught me on guard. I was like, I was kind of confused about that. <laughs> well, I mean, the post was the post. That's just that was just her. That's another thing too. We have to be careful when we look up to these entertainers, because it's still an entertainment business. An entertainment business. I mean, to an example, right now, there's a, a, a Usher and Alicia Keys. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he activated his Zopopianism. <laughs> Even though he says he's not Haitian, but you acted like one. Yeah, I know, you right? You grab your little sweetie baby from their back. Sweetie, honey, shay doo-doo. Shay doo-doo, shay de mon You know what I mean? You grab her from their back, and she's a married woman. Yeah. She's a married woman. So now everybody's on the internet, to your point earlier about social media. Everybody said, oh, that was my woman. Yeah, that would have happened. Ten toes down. No, that couldn't be my girl. Come on. Bruh. They, exact, they got to put on a show, man. They got to put on I mean, uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we need to stop acting like that. Like Alicia Keys worth almost a hundred million. Your girl not even worth a hundred thousand. So like, why are you sitting there? <laughs> Sometimes people just get on my nerves, man. We we be worrying about the wrong thing all the time. And back to your point about judgment. Sometimes, and I had a conversation with a friend about that. I was like, yo, like we're sitting there judging people's situations and it's like let me give you some context so she had a friend a co-worker not a friend a co-worker was venting to her about her situation mm-hmm. her love relationships her, her job all this stuff so she would receive 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 mm-hmm. and i was like yo why don't you tell because i could tell as she's telling me the story she's like man this girl's this this girl is that she should be doing this and i was like why don't you never tell her your perspective oh well she's not my friend she's just my co-worker i don't need to be um, <laughs> why you hit me with the eyebrows she was like i don't need i don't need to be i don't need to be giving her my perspective like that that she didn't ask me for it yeah. I was like, so you would allow her to vomit her issues on you? You would allow her to dump on you emotionally? Yeah. 
to suck your life force. Yeah. And you wouldn't give her that good feedback back. Yeah. She was like, well, to be honest with you, I'm going to be upset if I give her feedback and she don't take my feedback. Oh, interesting. Okay. Right? And it was like, there was so much in that comment that she made, but I was like, okay, but you need to build that boundary. Yeah. You need, it's okay to ask her, do you want me to listen or do you want me to actually respond to your situation? Right? And if she answers your question, say, no, you could respond. There's very little possibility that she's not going to receive the information you give her. Yeah. You know? So I say all I'd say is we all have coworkers. We all have people in the neighborhood or wherever that we talk to. And sometimes we sit there and allow them to tell us their life story. And then we're secretly judging them. And not helping facts, <laughs> right? Like we sitting there, like, damn, I couldn't be me. Yeah. Oh hell no! Like, well, you did then, what? Like, you yeah. did what? And then, look, look how toxic it is. Then we use that information to go tell it to somebody else as advice mm-hmm. and project fear mm-hmm. because so and so did this and did that. And that was their outcome. So now you can't do that. You can't yeah, drive exactly. Now. It's like it's a one size fits all. We automatically, but that's what fear does to you, though. Fear is like, oh, because that happened. Because that's exactly what what, what my wife's uh, father said. He was like, oh, why are you traveling at night? You remember that time where so-and-so traveled at night and his, his wife died in, in a car accident or whatever? It's like, bruh, I understand you're afraid. I understand you're concerned. But that doesn't mean that's that's what's going to happen, yo. Like, I love that stat. Shout out to Rob Dow, the, the what? The what is it mentor mindset mentor mindset mentor yeah yeah he, he says what well, the study that he put that he he uh he said on his pod one time 80 to 85 percent of the things that we worry about never happen bro that's never crazy happened. that's crazy i ain't gonna lie when i heard that that thing freed me kid i was like oh dude okay <laughs> like i don't gotta be worried certain things i'm worrying about like i don't have to worry like that's gonna happen we drive ourselves crazy <laughs> yeah bro man we definitely do and that kind of leads us to the next point you made. What do you mean by people carrying on unresolved traumas their entire lives? Well, it goes back to people not learning from their mistakes. Mm. You know, it goes back to people not sitting in a seat of humility. It goes to people uh, not really taking control over their lives. You know, here's the thing. Okay, boom, perfect. The way that somebody, this is the ultimate, number one way that someone could live their entire lives in the same seat of trauma that they experienced when they were a kid is when Mm. you never get out of the victim's mindset. Wow. Yo, there is nothing good that comes from being a victim. And I'm not talking about people who are in some third world country and, you know, you know, um, what's going on in Palestine, the Palestinians. I'm not talking about vi- that type of victim. Don't get a shadow ban, okay? I'm, I'm, just got, I got like, I'm, not, I'm talking about that type of victim. Right. right? I'm talking about you, your, your, your parents did you wrong. They've, they've abandoned you. They've neglected you. Uh, maybe you, you know, something crazy. Maybe you got molested or something like that when you were a child. Like, I don't know. Talking about those type of situations. Yes, this happened to you. Was it unfair? Yes, it was unfair. Should it have happened? 
No, it should have never happened. Should you have been cared for, protected? Yes, you should have. But at the end of the day, there comes a point in time, man, where you have to take your life into your own hands and say, this happened to me, but this will no longer define me. What does it look like for those people who have those unresolved trauma? Like, what are some of the characteristics that you see they have? Uh, projecting. Mm. <laughs> you think, like, for example, the perfect example, right? So, mm. we've, we're all, we are all, uh, what do you call that? We're all guilty. There you go. We're all guilty of this. Yeah. So, we have kids, right? Yeah. So I've gone through so many different things as a child, not feeling safe. Okay. So now my kids are with me, with my wife, you know, our family, so on and so forth. And I can easily project the things that I experienced in my upbringing onto them. Mm -hmm. Case in point, my kids started catching the school bus this year. Mm. And I remember when I was in middle school, catching a school bus, it was a, you know, middle school period. It was like a dog eat dog type of world. Right. School bus, all type of crazy things happened on a school bus. I remember they, they gave this girl a uh, Peter drink one time on a school bus. So uh, was, yo, it was crazy stuff that happens, right? So because I've had those experiences, seeing certain things, and also I'm definitely not, uh, uh, what do you call that? I'm not innocent. I used to do a lot of bad things myself. Right. So because I've had those experiences in my mind, I'm like, yo, nope, my kids can't take the school bus. I'm automatically projecting my fear on them because I haven't dealt with what I needed to deal with. So because I've done work on myself, I'm like, okay, look, I'm breaking it down. I have to bring myself down and be like, look, it's not going to be the same thing. And I'm going through the reasons why it's not going to be the same thing. Like, number Mm. one, my kids have parents. I didn't have any parents. I had no one to turn to. If something will happen, they can tell me I will deal with it. Mm -hmm. Right? So I'm going through that thought process in my mind. I'm like, okay, walking to the bus stop is not going to be an issue because they literally pick the kids up right in front of the house. Right mm. at the playground, right there. So that's not going to be an issue. They don't have to worry about being abducted or any type of foolishness, right? So I'm going through those things in my mind because I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, okay, they have each other. I didn't have anyone. So I'm telling my my kids, okay, make sure you guys stick together. Stand up for each other. Be there for each other. So I'm going through these things in my mind so that I do not project my experience on them. But you see, the problem is with a lot of parents, we unconsciously do that. And it's because we haven't dealt with our own childhood issues and wounds. You know, I saw something today that says when he, when doing your work, when going through your mindset, there's three phases. There's the victim, there's the martyr, and then there's the hero. Mm. A lot of us stay in the victim mindset, majority of us. Some of us make it to the martyr section where we think we're Jesus Christ. (laughs) And then those who decide to thrive in life get into that hero. They become the hero of their own stories. Yeah. But you know what you just said? The Mm. hero of their own stories. Not the hero of somebody else's story. 
Mm. And, th- and that's a challenge for a lot of us, boy. We, we put on the cake and we're trying to save everybody but ourselves. Wow. Hmm. wow. That's good. That's good. Now, as we get to the end of our podcast here, uh, let's talk about Valentine's Day. Let's talk about love. Let's talk about men. What are some things or some ways a woman could show love to a man? Especially on this uh, this holiday we got coming up that you don't celebrate. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not spending nobody. I've done it in the past, but but anyway, um, man, I think you know in our society that we we live in, the way mm-hmm. that it is, it's like the the man is always supposed to romance the woman, but right. a woman could actually romance a man. That's like. You know, that would be nice. You know, yeah. why 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 can't I come home? Why 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 can't I come home and see flowers for me or you know, uh, some type of special dinner for me or you know, something like that. Or whatever you know your man likes. Right. Won't you just provide that for him on that day? I feel like it should be a mutual thing. It should be all right on this day. You romancing me, and I'm romancing you. Yeah. But the issue is, is only is only the other way around. It's only one sided. And you know what made me really start thinking about that when it was a couple of Valentine's Day ago, and I was telling Josiah like, "Yeah, let's do something for your mom and your sister that's buying them stuff." He was like, "But why? Why? What about me? Why can't I get anything?" And that boy's smart. Yeah, and I was like, "Dang, that's a." That's a good point. And I'm trying to say, and then here's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm perpetuating what's already been there. Like, well, you know, this is what men do for their women and their girls that they care about, blah, 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 so on and right. so forth. But I had to really think about it. I was like, dang, he's right. Yeah. No, yeah. he's totally right. And and it took me a long time because I'm a very intentional person and I'm very consistent, right? That's what makes me very reliable. And I never it steps to it because I've never been romanced by a woman like that. Mm-hmm. Right. I've always, like you said, we've always been taught like a man has to romance the, the woman. Mm-hmm. And you talk to some of these females and they're like, Oh, my man didn't do nothing for me on Valentine's day. Or he didn't do this. He didn't do that. And then one day I was like, did you do anything for him? Did you book the hotel room? Mm-hmm. Did you get the jacuzzi, the bubbles in the jacuzzi? Did you rub his feet? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she was like, Nah, like, what do you mean? Like, it was just such a foreign thought. Yeah, but we don't deserve it because we don't carry the kids. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm being real, but that's like, that's how they treat us. It's like, yo, we don't we don't deserve it because you you a dog anyway. Like, you don't deserve it. That's how they dog. It's, it's, it's like <laughs> back to the dog. <laughs> yo, that's that's how they treat us. Like, we don't deserve it, and it's like, yo, we're human, bro. Like. Yeah, you know, women have their thing, their challenges, and I'm not trying to discredit them from the things that they go through. But we, this is a man's podcast, and we're trying to talk about how we are tend we tend to not be treated in the way that we want to be treated. Right? We, we tend, and, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm not, I'm not explaining nothing. Okay, <laughs> we tend because I'm about to go on explanation as to why we tend not to be treated the way that we want to be treated. 
Right. That's just what it is at the end of the day. And it's like, yo, you want me to continue to give, 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 shower, 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 shower. That is right. the expectation that's placed on me. But then what do I get? Well, when I want sex, when I want sex, you know, it's, it's an it's an issue. But it's, it's like, like sex is not a gift, though. No, it's, it's not. Stop that. It's, but but that's but that's how it is, and it's it's not even like a gift. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna give it to you. This is what I'm supposed to do, type. Yeah, you know. Oh. So it's, I, and you said it a couple of podcasts ago. Like we got to really work together as men and women. I feel like the romancing thing is something that we need to work together on. It can't just be, oh, the man is his responsibility to bring the romance into the relationship. Right. I think there's. A- it's very tough because, you know, there's a there's a dark cloud over the responsibility of the man, right? Even down to dating, right? Because the man is supposed to pay for the date. The man is supposed to do this. The man is supposed to do all of that. And it's like, these are all like shallow things. These are all traditional things that don't allow you to see the depths of a man, Right. And what I mean by depths is not only what that man, that value of that man that he can bring to the table, but do you really understand the man that you're pursuing or the man that you're with? Do you even know if you were going to get him flowers, what flowers he would like? Right? If you were going to romance him, what type of th- how would you romance him? And I think it goes back to the women because the women don't actually romance themselves. So they don't even know how to deliver that romance to their man, hmm. right? And at the at the same time, just in general, because I've also had women where the man tries, oh, he didn't do it the way I liked it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's no room like for error. Said, yeah, we need to work together to really figure this out. And as we're a champion of men and we're defending men we're doing that in a way so that we could highlight the teamwork that needs to be had. One million percent. One million percent. I'm not just trying to get my balls wet. That's not the only thing. The only, but see, the thing is a lot of men only want to get their balls wet per se, because that's the only thing that's been acceptable for men to want. Like that's all we really know. Correct. You know what I'm saying? But, I'm sure if there was more that was put on our table or put in front of us, we'd be like, oh, wow, I like this. I, I, Oh, that's nice. Like, I could, You know what I'm saying? But, yeah. Uh, before we head out, I want you to explain, because I used it this weekend, mm-hmm. mask and masculinity. Mm-hmm. If you could just drop that little nugget, I feel like that's a good way for us to kind of end on that because... I had women ask me, well, why is it that men seem like they don't, they don't care? Like if something embarrassing happens to a man, he's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Right. And I had to explain to them. I said, look, it's not that we don't care. It's just the way that we, we were brought up to think. And I remember you using that term, like we mask our emotions yeah, but somehow that mask is the root word of masculinity, right? Yeah, but it all goes back to societal um, norms when it comes from men. When it comes, like we are taught at a very young age not to feel. Feeling is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we got to act like we don't care. We got to put on these masks because it protects us. Like, yo, we've been, bro, we've been wearing masks. Boy, we've been wearing masks forever. Like I have one of my clients, my male clients I was working with. I've been working with him my fourth session with him. And it's been really good. Today, we spoke, he, he spoke about like, yo, you know, I'm not, I'm not really an extroverted person. Yeah, like, I'm funny. I like to so on and so forth. But honestly, for real, I'm be real with you. I'm more of an introvert. That's how I recharge. I was like, oh, really? I was kind of shocked because he has like a really, you know, upbeat type personality. He was like, nah, man, I just do that because I just do whatever the situation calls for. Mm. And I'm like, that, that's that masking again. But you see, the thing is, when you don't feel as if you'll be accepted or when you're trying to gain acceptance and approval, you're going to put on masks, bro. When you're trying to stay safe, you're going to put on masks. When you're trying to to gain love and affection, you're going to do whatever it takes because at the end of the day, as human beings, that's the thing that we need more than anything else. We mm-hmm. need love, affirmation, acceptance, and approval. We can't live without those things. They say we can't live without water. We can't live without those things. So now, psychologically, your mind is going to try to do whatever it can to get that. But that's why we mask. Man, I love everything you were saying, bro. With that being said, man, go ahead and let the wife know you want a hot bubble bath. You want to be romanticized. You want to be loved on the 14th. Um, and with that being said, bro, I love you too, bro. <laughs> love you too, man. Say <laughs> dog. It's the dog. Look, 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 look at she chewing the dog. Thank you so much for joining us. And before we go, I just want to remind you: the man that says he can and the man that says he can't are both right. Which one are you? By his father and mother, he was abandoned. When no concern for his safety, they left him stranded. A life of hurt was the very thing he was handed. My apologies, cause I'm about to be candid. Every way he went, he felt ashamed alone. And his explosive behavior made it be known. Walked around as if he wanted to be left alone. But he was really carrying the weight of being disowned.